This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. West Coast basketball, 1230 in the morning and the Brooklyn Nets appear to suck. That's the update we have for whatever reason. After James Harding came back and looked inspired and they had those back-to-back wins against the Lakers and the Clippers, this basketball team looks like trash. And it's very difficult to explain it. It started with the Philadelphia game on the 30th when they got everybody back. That was the exciting part. Kevin Durant's back. James Harden's coming off those really impressive back-to-back games on the West Coast. They got a lot of their depth back. This is great. This is fantastic. And what felt like an innocuous loss to the Sixers when Joel Embiid did whatever he wanted and waved goodbye in revenge to Kevin Durant, this team has been bad now for two weeks. They had that meltdown against the L.A. Clippers when the Clippers had a shell of their team. They got absolutely embarrassed and destroyed and run off their home court by John Morant, the Memphis Grizzlies. They won a game against the Pacers. They were, let's be honest, they were they were pretty much unlucky to win. Or they were lucky to win, I should say. And that was, of course, the return of Kyrie Irving. Yippity-doo-dah. They were down by 19, and they somehow erased it, and at least for one night, made us forget about all their issues. They get destroyed by the Milwaukee Bucks. What else is new? They lose to a bad team. They're fortunate to hold on against the Spurs, another garbage Western Conference team. And then you got this crap tonight in which there's no Damian Lillard. There's no C.J. McCollum. This is not the Portland Trailblazers. This is Anthony Simons and Ben McLemore. Those Portland Trailblazers, even though Yusuf Nurkic did whatever the hell he wanted. And I'm trying to figure out, all right, should we be concerned is this something that you know should keep us up at night from the ultimate goal when the season really starts in April, May, and June? Or is this just a bump in the road that's very annoying to deal with, that's lasting much longer than we could hope? And I don't know what to make of it. I mean, I give Nash credit for this. He definitely played the kids tonight. Dayron Sharp earned his minutes and had his best game as a pro. We saw a little bit of Kessler Reds. We saw a little bit of David Duke, who starts for this team, but then got buried in the second half, which you know, I thought was sort of surprising. I didn't think Duke was that awful. We saw Nicholas Claxton in ways take a huge step back in this game because he committed such dumb fouls, including the three in the first four minutes. And for some reason, Steve Nash trusted him. I mean, Nicholas Claxton, and they mentioned this on the broadcast, 
Let's remind everybody, and they did, that Nicholas Claxton's played how many games in the NBA? Why are you trusting him with two fouls two minutes in? And so, essentially, he became an absolute non-factor in this game. But what's so frustrating, surprising, and concerning is that much like the Spur game, they had this game won. This game was going to be a laugher. They were going to be able to put this thing away, not have to play Durant 40-plus minutes, get a nice victory, and move on. And somehow, I don't know why, but the early part of the third quarter, Portland just came back in this game. I mean, that's had a chance to put them away. They were up by nine. They had a chance to step on them, and there was one kind of lucky three. I think Simons hit it. Or no, you know what? I think it was Covington who hit it. That bounced off the front iron and then in for three. That I think cut the lead from nine to six. And they just wouldn't go away. And then you've got Kevin Durant and you've got Kyrie Irving, two of the best closers in the world, and they couldn't close. And the Trailblazers did. And you look at the Spur game, and even though the Nets won that game, and even though Cam Thomas had his great moment with the big shot with one second to go, it was sort of the same thing. And that's kind of the alarming part of this, this trend that's going on. Yeah, they got blown out by Memphis. They got blown out by Milwaukee. But in a lot of these other games, the Philly game, the Clipper game, and even these last two games against the Spurs and the Trailblazers, they're not closing. And that was the thing they did so well earlier this season when they were winning all those ugly games. They were winning a lot of ugly games early. It was not inspiring. But you know what? When push came to shove late in games, they were closing teams out. And lately, it's the opposite. And there's no excuse. Because who are you facing? You're facing Anthony Simons and Nasir Little and Ben McLemore and somebody named C.J. Ellaby with the hair that was flopping all over the place. Reminded me of Anderson Varejao. How is this team closing you out? How are you getting annihilated in the third quarter the way they did? 32-19 after you bounced back from that lousy first quarter by dominating them in the second quarter. How's that happen? Is it lack of energy? Which I know on a routine basis, they come out and they get off to these bad starts as we've seen sometimes they don't recover from it. Other times they do, like this game against Portland, and then have a disastrous third quarter, and they can't close this team out late when it was close late. And sure, there was some calls that didn't go their way, but I didn't want to hear it. Kevin Durant getting fouled, Kyrie Irving back in the his own backcourt, tripping down, and clearly there was contact there. But that's no excuse. And it's just very, very frustrating to watch. And yeah, I'm concerned. Maybe I shouldn't be. Maybe this is going to be a streak that we're all going to forget about two, three months from now. But it's just so odd that when James Harden came back and they won the Christmas game against the Lakers, and remember, they blew the Lakers out. Then they somehow let the Lakers back in the game and then dramatically won it. That beautiful James Harden lob to Nicholas Claxton, the big dunk, as beautiful as that was. And then they beat the Clippers rather easily on the road. And then everybody was coming back. 
And so it looked like this team had really weathered the COVID storm of all the guys they lost. Go back to that moment. They're 23-9. and They win the back-to-back games against the Lakers and Clippers. They're coming home for a three-game homestand, five out of six at home, whatever it was, and they're relatively healthy outside of Joe Harris. They have everybody coming back. And somehow, what is it, like six out of eight, whatever it is? It just doesn't make a lot of sense. And and raise your hand if you have confidence they're going to go to Chicago and beat the Bulls. I mean, they're going to get blown out. That's what the track record says. The track record of this season, and certainly the way they've played recently, is, ooh, they're staring at a decent team, and in the Bulls' case, a pretty good team. At least they're off to that kind of start. They're going to get killed. Because what have you seen over the last two weeks that makes you think otherwise? I mean, it'll be nice if James Harden plays, And I don't mean that in any kind of mocking way towards James Harden. I mean it towards a mocking way of the fact that we have three superstars on our basketball team and we've barely seen them play. I did the math before the game. This game against Portland was the 99th regular season game of the Big Three era. So that includes really starting with the Nick game. Remember that Nick game last year was the first game after they made the Harden trade. They played the Denver Nuggets uh, a night earlier. And they made the James Harden trade. I think it was the next day. And have everybody available. But we'll start the Harden era that day. They have played 99 regular season games. Whether it's due to Durant's hamstring, Harden's hamstring, Kyrie disappearing. In this year's case, COVID. In this year's case, Kyrie Irving not getting vaccinated. Of the 99 possible games, they have all played together in 10 of them. And look, that's not an excuse. They still had two superstars on the floor against Portland in Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, and they lost, and Portland had nobody. So I'm not saying that as an excuse. I'm saying that as a, can you freaking believe it? We're net fans. We have three superstars. They never play. And that's why I hate to say it. I'm going to say the same thing I said last year. What makes you think they're all going to play this year in the postseason? And Patty Mills has to wake up. And I get that Patty Mills has played huge minutes because they've needed him to play huge minutes. And I don't know. We're not even at the halfway point. He looks exhausted. And unfortunately, the net success has been attached to how Patty Mills shoots the basketball. Luckily, Camp Thomas has given them a a little punch in the arm. But right now, we got to call it like it is. This is not a good basketball team. And you look at the schedule coming up. I mean, there's a lot of games on this schedule they should win. The Chicago game, they're going to get killed in. Hopefully, at least, they can salvage it by beating the Thunder the next night. They have the Pelicans. They go to Cleveland. They go to Washington. They go to San Antonio. They go to Minnesota. Those road games are exciting because maybe the big three will actually play since Kyrie's eligible. Ugh. Ugh. And I've always said this, if I ever do an instant reaction after a Met West Coast game or a Net West Coast game, the West Coast games piss me off even more because I stayed up all night. Now, look, I was going to stay up anyway. I watched the national championship game. Congratulations to Georgia. But now I'm in a pissy mood. But ask yourself this as you all go to bed tonight or you wake up whenever the heck you listen to this stupid thing. Are you worried? Are you nervous? I am. 
And if it's just because you think I'm negative, fine. Maybe I am. Or maybe it's because I've watched bad basketball for two weeks straight. Either way, thanks for listening to this instant reaction of the Brooklyn Basketball Podcast.